T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back. It is the final segment of Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Meet the Press will take over right at noon. But as I said, it's the final segment. And this week we did learn of the resignation of Dr. Kreiner Cash for his reaction and kind of an outlook on the Buffalo schools. We have Sam Radford from We the Parents. Sam, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? Doing well, Sam. What was your reaction to Dr. Cash's resignation? Um, honestly, my reaction was that, you know, it was good timing. Um, I, I thought Dr. Cash uh, did a good job, you know, early on uh, when he came into the district. But I thought uh, as of late, the last six months or so, things had gotten rocky and to the point of untenable. And so I thought it was a good, good time to, you know, get some new leadership and to really set chart a new course. You know, when you look back at the time Dr. Cash was here, as you said, uh, you know, you thought the first uh, early on he was doing a good job. It got a little rocky here at the end. What do you think his legacy of superintendent will be? Well, you know, I think it's going to be different things for different people. For those people who really understand um, what receivership is, Dr. Cash was a great receiver. Um, you know, when we first, when he first came to this district, almost half the schools was in receivership. That means they were one step away being, from being taken by the state. Uh, the Dr. Cash was a receiver. He did not have to report to the board. He was not bound by the limitations of the teacher's contract. Uh, he was only uh, subject to the commissioner of education. And under that, um, you know, with that power, he was able to do things in this district that hadn't been done. Uh, so he was able to take almost all but three of those schools and move them out of um, receivership status into schools in good standing. Um, he was able to settle the teacher's contract. I think that was the first major, you know, thing that he did that will be part of his legacy. You know, that teacher's contract was not settled for 12 years, and he was able to come in and get the teacher's contract settled. And so I think the, those two things, you know, were, you know, actually, you know, what, you know, would be part of his legacy. But I also think that is what led to ultimately his downfall in the sense that he got used to the power of not having to be responsive to the board. He got used to the power of not having to collaborate, function as a receiver. So I think that was his leadership style. So when he had to listen to the board and he had to collaborate, he, he struggled with that. What did you think of his handling? Now, I know he, he left uh, as students were heading back, but what did you think of really the last thing he was faced with, the uh, situation at McKinley High School? Uh, what did you think of his handling of that? Yeah, I think that was, I thought he handled that very poorly, but I think that was, that, that along with how he handled, starting with the end of the pandemic, you know, the fact that Buffalo Public Schools are the last schools 
in New York State, of all of New York State, to come back to school in person last year in March. Uh, the fact that he did not spend time this summer, you know, having dealing with the transportation issue like other school districts did and come up with a plan to ensure that we didn't have kids standing on bus stops in the middle of the winter. Uh, and then, you know, we have a major attendance uh, issue because he didn't offer a remote option to parents who were not comfortable sending their children to school. That was what was uh, what was uh, was the weight on him coming into the McKinley situation. Once the McKinley situation took place with that as a backdrop, um, the McKinley situation just became the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, the interim uh, superintendent will be t- Dr. Tanya Williams. Uh, what do you know of the interim superintendent? Um, I know Dr. Tanya Williams well. I mean, I think she's a good interim superintendent. Um, I think she's really what we need right now. You know, people who listen closely to Dr. Cash know late in his tenure that, you know, he talked a lot about, um, you know, Martha's Vineyard and, you know, Buffalo being, you know, a small city who thinks it's a big city. And, you know, he really, you know, he it was clear that he did not appreciate um, Buffalo culture and Buffalo history in a way that I think Dr. Tonja Williams will. Um, Dr. Tonja um, Williams, her parents um, went to Buffalo Public Schools. She went to Buffalo Public Schools. Uh, she's worked um, in Buffalo Public Schools uh, for most of her career. Um, she's been a guidance counselor. She's been a principal. She's been a central administrator. She knows the people in Buffalo. She She's able to, colla- able to collaborate. And, and, and when she came right out and said the first thing she's going to do is she's going to get out here in the community and reestablish some of those um, you know, you know, to connect the communication where the communication was broken with Dr. Cash, with community organizations and churches, and um, really, you know, partner um, with our not-for-profits to be able to make sure we all in this together to provide all of our children with a top-quality education. Now, you've mentioned, you know, where uh, Dr. Cash, um, his downfall as superintendent. What, what do you think are some of the most pressing issues um, for the Buffalo schools that the next superintendent, the interim superintendent, is going to need to address at the end of this school year and going into next uh, school year? Well, obviously, we still have a transportation We still have a bus driver shortage. I mean, we still have a bus aid shortage. I think transportation is going to be critical. Um, you know, I think, you know, right now, um, I think the, 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 the opportunity that she has is that Buffalo has more money than it has ever had in its history. Um, we got an additional $300 million from the federal government, additional $70 million from the uh, state government. So we got money to be able to solve problems, um, to be innovative, uh, to, you know, redo infrastructure. So I think, you know, maybe if we cut down on the amount of busing, um, that we um, that our children are using. I think um, she's going to be faced with this opportunity to integrate what we learned in the pandemic, you know, by offering a remote option for those people at work for. Um, but I think, you know, her biggest challenge is going to be how do we um, get our children reading, writing, doing math on grade level and graduating college and career ready. So I think that the emphasis is going to be need, it is going to need to be on academic achievement, especially with the fact that after our children are always already the lowest performing in the region, and now two years of you know basically uh, dealing with the pandemic and being the last ones to get back. I think our children are really far behind. We haven't been able to implement um, the plan because we didn't have after school that was supposed to bring our catch our children up. So I think her child is going to be how do we academically get children caught up after coming out of a pandemic. 
And as you mentioned, you know, one, the, number, the number one thing would be getting people into school. There is that transportation issue. There is the bus driver shortage. Uh, do you think there's any more steps that the city could take, the city schools could take to address that? What would uh, be your idea to address this transportation, tr- get it back where it needs to be so students can be in schools uh, five days a week? Yeah, I think it's threefold. I think, one, you need to uh, make that job a more secure job. That job needs to be a full-time job with benefits and pay higher wages. I think that's obviously will attract more people to it. Uh, two, I think you need to have less people on the bus. I don't think we need to be busing kids all across the city um, anymore. I think we need to come up with a process um, where more kids go to schools closer to their homes and don't need the bus. And uh, three, I need. I think you need to, you know, decrease the number of kids who catch the bus by offering a remote option. You'll have, you know, maybe 10% of the kids who um, will take advantage of that remote option. That'll decrease the number of kids that need to catch the bus. Um, so I think those are three things that you can do right away um, that will, you know, you can do that obviously through placement office and you can do that through um, partnering with first students to, to increase, to, to give the raises um, and then just, you know, creating a remote um, department through, um, as the state education department has prescribed, actually, they gave them a pathway to do that. So I think those are doable things that if they plan now, they can get them done and they can be implemented by September. Sam Rafford from We the Parents. Sam, I appreciate you joining me on a Sunday. And I know as uh, as we get to know the new interim superintendent and as the look for a new one or to remove the interim from uh, the superintendent, we'll be talking with you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You have a blessed day. Thanks, you too. That is Sam Rafford from We the Parents on his reaction to the resignation of Dr. Kreiner Cash and also the new super, the interim superintendent. And again, there will be a search, but we see how uh, this, you know, we see we know how interviews work. There's the interim superintendent. Possibly um, the uh, interim will be removed and she will be the new superintendent. And I'm sure we will get to know this new interim superintendent and probably even have her on the station at some point this week. It is 1146. When we come back, we'll wrap up Hardline. We'll wrap up the week. We'll also hear from something I teased in the 10 o'clock hour that um, those comments from Governor Kathy Hochul on a new Bills stadium. It is Sunday after all. And what better way to end Hardline than with some Bills talk? So uh, join us. Stay tuned. Again, if you missed any of the interviews today, Congressman Chris Jacobs, Comptroller Kevin Hardwick, Aaron Katursky live in Ukraine, and our last guest, Sam Rafford. All those interviews will be available at WBEN.com, also on the Odyssey app, and uh, you can download them, listen to that. And not only clips here from Hardline, but all of our shows here on News Radio 930 WBEN. When we come back, we'll hear comments from Governor Kathy Hochul on Hardline. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.